everyone, and welcome back to VIA, the podcast where together we're exploring what it means to follow Jesus. This is episode number four, and today I want to equip you with one tool to carry along in your walk with Christ. We all have a sense, and I think rightfully so, that as followers of Jesus, there are certain disciplines that would be helpful, useful in our walks with Him. And and depending on who you ask, what book you might read, there's going to be a different list of spiritual disciplines. But typically you have things like prayer, Bible study, worship. And we know they're important. We can feel the weight of their importance. We can even point to passages in the Bible, like in the Psalms, where it talks about how God's word is sweeter than honey, or it's to be sought after more than gold. And so we feel like we should do these things. But when it comes to the nitty gritty of how do we actually do them? How do we go about praying? How do we go about studying scripture? How do we go about sharing our faith? We're not given very specific directions for doing so, right? Like, have you ever noticed that? There's no passage that says, spend 15 minutes once a day, get into scripture, pray, we're going to call that a quiet time, and then you move on. That's not in the Bible, right? Uh, It doesn't tell us, start in this book and then move to this book, or pray for this many minutes a day. We're just told, read, meditate, reflect, share, encourage one another, love one another, you know, pray, But we're not given, like I said, very specific directions for how to go about doing so. And for some people, that's liberating. They enjoy the freedom. But for others, it can be crippling because they just don't know where to start. And that's what I'd like to help with. This is just the first of what I hope will be many episodes designed to give you resources to help you along in these spiritual disciplines. Now, 99% of these resources will be things that I did not make up. I've just collected them. I've used them. I found them helpful. And I want to pass them along to you in hopes that you might find them helpful too. Uh, One of the ways I like to think about this over the last couple years, I found this a a good way to to understand this, would be I want to collect as many tools as possible. So a handyman needs a variety of tools for all different kinds of jobs, right? They can have this amazing hammer, and in a particular situation, that hammer is going to be the perfect tool. But then they get into other spots, and it's not going to be the best choice. There's, there's going to be another tool that's going to be more appropriate for that situation. The idea is that no tool is useful for every situation, and the same thing is here. So what we learned today, we're going to be looking at a Bible study method, shouldn't be the only way that you study Scripture, but it's a good start. The goal is that as we do a few of these episodes, you begin to build a larger inventory of these tools that God can then use to strengthen and transform your walk with Him. And if you're a parent, you can pass these on down to your children as well. Because one thing that the church lacks is this uh, generational discipling. We, we, we need to have parents equipped to disciple their children with these types of tools and resources so that their children are equipped when they go out of the house to have faith, to explore faith, to be in scripture and read scripture and know how to do it. Um, so today we're going to start with a very simple Bible study method. And as I explain it, what I'll do is I'll, I'll give you an example of a way that I used it this past week. And the method is called SOAPS, S-O-A-P-S. And from what I can tell, the initial development of this method was by Pastor uh, Wayne Cordero. Uh, he, he made this up as a way for his church to dive into Scripture, to help his people get into Scripture more. And when he originally did it, I think it was called SOAP. There was no S on the end. And I'm not sure who added the S, but I really enjoy the S. So uh, I'm, we're using it. I'm grateful for whoever did, but thank you to Pastor Wayne Cordero for developing this, and uh, I know it's been useful for so many people, and hopefully it'll be useful for our audience as well. But it's a good way to start studying scripture, and it it leaves room for a lot of development as well. So if you're an experienced believer, you've been in church for a long time, you've been in Bible study for a long time, 
this can help you. If, you, if you're new, if you're just now following after Jesus, this can help you as well. Now, the name SOAPS, it's an acronym that helps you remember exactly how to do the Bible study. So you don't need a book to carry along. You don't need something to guide you. You just simply remember the name and you know how to do it. The, the letters stand for scripture, observation, application, prayer, and sharing. And it's become one of my favorite methods to share because it's simplest. It's simple, the simplicity of it, and it's super easy to remember. SOAPS, S-O-A-P-S. But even more so, I, I like it because it enables you to grow right alongside with the method. So as you mature in your faith, you're going to find that your observations, your applications, your prayer, and your sharing are going to grow right alongside with you. So not only is it good for, like I said, the, the person who's just new in their faith, but it's also good for those who are further along because it kind of just expands as, as you begin to mature as a believer. So let's let's dive in, take a look at each section. Again, I'll, I'll explain how I used it this past week as well so you get a good example. Um, but I hope you'll find this beneficial. So let's start with Scripture. It begins with S, Scripture. And this is just as simple as it sounds. You write out the Scripture that you're studying in a journal. Now, I say in a journal, and, and I cannot recommend this enough. I highly recommend you get a journal to use. So don't just use a random sheet of paper. If you need to do that once, that's fine. But the idea is that we collect all these together. And, and, and of course, you could do this in your head. So if you didn't have anything, if you're ever stuck on an island, you know, and you have nothing to write down, that's fine. But I want to encourage you to get a journal. The, the process of writing helps solidify and sharpen your thoughts and lends it to being memorized more easily. So you, you memorize the scriptures, you memorize the observations, you think more concretely about your applications. The process of writing refines all of those. So I challenge you, do this for 30 days. Just try it every day. If you miss a day, that's fine. Just start again the next one. And after 30 days, whether you've done 30 out of 30 days or 20 or 25 out of 30 days, go back, read all of the previous soaps, and I think you'll be amazed. You'll see growth in the way that you're responding to Scripture. You'll be reminded of action steps and prayer. And I believe it will encourage you as you see how God has molded and transformed you over that month long of being in the Scriptures. So I cannot recommend this enough. Like I said, use a journal to keep these in. So we start with writing the scripture down. Now, you could start with one verse or it could be a longer passage. I typically will keep it to one, two, three verses that I'm particularly focusing on. Um, you could even take several days to do several different soaps if you're studying a particularly long passage. There's there's no rush here. As I said, this is one tool. So another tool that people like to use is read through the Bible in a year. And so you'll read you know, several chapters a day and that's fine. But for this particular method, you're, you're taking your time. It, it's slower. Um, so there's no rush. And, and I'll often do this when I'm reading several chapters over the course of a week. I'll just sit in one or two of the chapters and I'll do several soaps at a time throughout that week on that one or two chapters. Because there's particularly meaty chapters that are worth reading and rereading. So don't be afraid to sit in them for a bit. Do a few soaps from them. We, we don't have to be in a rush to move on. Um, but I would encourage you, don't skip this part. You may even be shocked at how God will teach you something just by taking the time to write out what you're reading. It's amazing sometimes the clarity that we get from writing something rather than just reading it and kind of glancing over it. Because what we tend to do if we've read the scriptures enough is we glaze over words because we're used to seeing them. So writing them down forces us to see each word, right? So in my time this week, I've been reading through Acts as part of a commitment with some men from my church. So I was in Acts 17. And again, there were plenty of verses that stuck out. So 
in, in my soaps, I'll be doing many different verses uh, throughout the week, but I was particularly drawn to verse 16. So what I did was I wrote down the heading scripture and I wrote out Acts 17, 16. It says, now while Paul was waiting for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him as he saw that the city was full of idols. I'll be honest, I've read Acts, I can't tell you how many times, never stopped at Acts 17, 16 before. So just the fact that I was doing soaps helped me slow down, helped me see this uh, passage, and, and you'll see how what I observed and applied in just a few minutes. So that's the initial S, scripture, write it down. Now for the O. O stands for observation. Here you're just going to write down what's going on in the passage. So we, we begin to make observations, and this is what I'd recommend to you. This is how I do it. Again, you don't have to do it like I do it. It's, it's not in the Bible that says, thou shalt copy the guy who does Via's podcast. Exactly. So, you know, feel free to mold uh, as you want to. But uh, I prefer to make my own initial observations. And then after some time, I'll check a commentary or other research tool if I have questions that I can't answer. So what a lot of people will do is they'll have a question about a passage and they'll automatically run to a commentary or they'll automatically run to some other research tool. And that's fine. We're going to talk about those kinds of things. Hopefully at some point um, they're useful. I recommend them, but don't become overly reliant on them. We also need to learn to make connections and answer questions as best we can first, and then we can go to consult those. Uh, I think you'll see a lot of growth in this area as you learn to make observations and connections without being overly reliant on those. So first do your own observations, and then if you want to go consult something, go and do that. That's my recommendation. But the possible questions that you could ask and answer are almost an ending. So as you observe the 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 length that you do it is up to you. You could make a few short observations. You could spend a long time and fill up a page making observations. But here are just some things that you could begin to look for. This is not exhaustive by any means, but here's some of the things that I look for. So you start with the basics. What, what do you see? Did, did anything jump out? Um, who's writing? Who are they writing to? If it's a story, who's involved in the story? If it's a poem or a part of a letter, you, you make note of that because uh, I'm going to read poetry different than I'm going to read a story or a letter. Uh, what's the context? This is huge. What happens before and what happens after your verse? That That's actually huge in my verse that I'll, I'll share in just a few minutes. Are, are there repeated themes? Perhaps you're reading through uh, the letter to the Philippians and you notice that joy is a repeated theme. And so that's something that you observe and note and, and take note of. Uh, what's actually being taught? Um, a lot of times we, we rush to application, and this is why observation is before application. We want to know, what did the original writer intend? What were they trying to say to the original audience? And, and how would the original audience have understood what they were reading or what they were hearing? Because a lot of times they heard it out loud rather than read it like we do. So we want to understand what, what, what the original message was, so then we can understand perhaps what the message to us will be. We, we don't want to reverse that order. Um, are there references to other scriptures? This is perhaps one of my favorite things to find now, not only quotes, because you can get uh, in your Bibles, there will, there will be cross-references most likely, but as you read and kind of ingest the scriptures more and more, you're going to find allusions and references to other passages. The, the New Testament uses Old Testament themes and motifs repeatedly, and the more that you learn to catch these and, and understand them, the closer you'll get to understanding the original author's point. And I think it's kind of like a, a an iceberg. You know, we talk about the tip of the iceberg, you see it. I think most people can understand the basic concepts and basic point of most passages. But then as you begin to understand how they all connect, there's that whole layer underneath the water that you're, you're going to start seeing and you're going to be amazed at. So these observations will grow in time. One thing I would say, don't stress out 
uh, over observing. If you can't answer a question, make a note, come back to it sometime, but don't feel like if I can't answer this question, then I can't move on. Um, there's going to be some things that we can't answer right away, and that's okay. Now, these observations are going to start out um, super obvious, but then, like I said, you can go deeper. So, for example, if you're studying Jesus walking on water, and the disciples, you know, see him, and, and they think he's a ghost, and it scares them, and, and Peter gets on the water, you know, you're studying that passage. You could simply state, uh, Jesus was walking on water, and that's incredible, right? Like, that's a very simple, basic observation, and that's a good observation. But if you've been studying for a while, and you've seen how the motif of God conquering chaotic waters is prevalent in the Old Testament, that might be something to jot down. So you might think, is the author of this gospel trying to equate Jesus to God? If he's if he's a conqueror of the chaotic waters, is he saying that he's the same God as the one in the Old Testament? That's a good connection, good observation. So some days you can really dig in. You, you might find yourself writing more, like I said. Others might be a little shorter, and that's okay. The, the key is to just learn to make observations, and, and and just to kind of continue to plug along. Sometimes I think we read scriptures so much, and again, this is where writing is helpful, that we make the same observations over and over and over, and we don't, we don't sit down and think about it for a little while. So as I write, it helps me slow down to where I'm, I'm going to make more observations than I would if I just read it and moved on. So as my example, for, for mine this past week, uh, the passage again was Acts 17, 16, and I took note of the context. If, if you go back to Acts 17, read it sometime. It's really interesting. Paul had just left Thessalonica. He left Berea, these two cities, after some persecution. And he was actually waiting on Timothy and Silas to join him in Athens. And I noticed that while he was waiting for them, he didn't just stay in his room. Uh, he's not just cowering because of the persecution, afraid to step out. It seems like he got out of the room and he starts walking around the city and he's observing. He's being a student of the culture. So my verse says that he saw that the city was full of idols. So I made the observation, that takes some exploring, right? Paul had to get out and about. He had to be a student of the culture. Uh, and then he noticed these idols and it bothered him. I wrote down that his heart wasn't numb. He didn't just complain about them. He didn't just talk badly about the quote-unquote heathens to other Christians. He didn't just go back to his room in discouragement, like, God, you know, I can't, I can't stand this culture. He cared enough about these people to engage with them. Um, so I made that observation as well, that, that Paul wasn't just bothered by the idols in a self-righteous way, but he he loved the people. And so he engaged with them about who Jesus was and about how God sent him as a as 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 a, as a as kind of a way to show, I love you and I want you to change and there's a better way. And Jesus is the the solution to sin and death and, and what you're doing to each other. So if you read on, again, if you're trying to remember the context here, Paul then goes about having all these individual conversations with people, uh, which ends up giving him the chance to speak before a much larger audience. It's so cool. Just Paul's obedience in this one small moment. I'm waiting for Silas and Timothy. I'm not going to just stay in my room. I'm going to go observe the culture. I see that there's idols in the culture. I'm not just going to go sit back in my room and complain about the idols. I'm going to go engage people. That that one or two small steps of obedience led to him having a much larger audience later on in Acts 17. And that it never would have happened had he just chosen to stay in his room and wait. So I made those observations as well. So that's, that's O, observation. You can, you can make more. That's where I stood today. Uh, now we're on the A, application. We've written the scripture. We've read some observations. Now here's where the rubber meets the road. You're asking the question, so what? And that's an important question because a lot of people will go to church, they'll hear a pastor talk, 
And rarely does that so what question ever matter. They've just accumulated knowledge or they've made it through an hour of kind of fulfilling a religious obligation. Now they can go watch football or they can go out to eat. When we, when we come before the word of God, we want to come with a heart ready to be transformed. So we want to ask the question, so what? What does it mean to obey these commands in my life? A lot of times it's, it's easy. I know I've been there. I've sat in a church and listened to a pastor and they're, they're, they're talking about something in scripture. And my first thought is, oh man, someone else needs to hear this. And, and that's important. We do want to share with other people. But before we share with someone else, we've, we also have to ingest it and, and see what God is saying to ourselves. So um, it's easy to think about how other people need to change. I think we do that a lot with culture. But, for, uh, but it's, it's a lot more difficult to recognize and act upon how God is calling us to change. Um, so first I need to let the Holy Spirit deal with my own heart. And kind of like it says in the Gospels, once I've removed the plank from my own eye, I can begin to remove the speck from other people's eyes. So this is a little bit harder. These last three parts of soaps, I think, are probably the parts that most of us miss. If you've been involved in Bible studies at all, generally you're, you're in Scripture, so you've passed that. You've probably made some observations before, but then we find it a lot harder to begin to think concretely about how, how do I respond to what God is teaching me? So a good question to ask is, well, what is the Holy Spirit teaching you? What, what is the Holy Spirit encouraging you with? Um, how is he leading you to put this into action? Does this passage change the way that you live? Does this passage challenge the way that you think? Does this passage uh, make any difference about what you talk about? Uh, sometimes these things might not come easy or they might not come right in the moment. So what I want to encourage you to do is don't be afraid to sit for a few minutes. Reread the passage, reread your previous sections of observations, uh, and then I think the application will begin to crystallize a little more easily. Here's mine from this week on Acts 17, 16. I, I asked myself some questions based on my observations that I just read to you a few minutes ago. And my question is this, do I recognize the idols in my culture? Uh, am I a good student of my culture? And the reason why I asked those questions was because it's easy to be someone, particularly through the pandemic, to just hole up in my house. And what I wanted to challenge myself with was, do I get out and observe like Paul? Because it's it's very easy to uh, just stay in my I work from home. I, I can order groceries online and have them delivered to my doorstep. I don't have to go out of the house if I don't want to. But if Paul were to stay in the house, he never would have had a chance to have individual conversations. He never would have had a chance to have a, 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 an audience with a much larger group. And so the question for me was, am I willing to get out? Am I willing to be an, uh, an observer of culture, a student of culture? And, and do I recognize the places that I can speak to in culture based on, based on God's word? Um, then I said, do the idols of our culture bother me? And again, this is not self-righteously bother me, as in the tax uh, the Pharisee looks at the tax collector and self-righteously thinks, thank God I'm not like him. Th that's not the point. The point isn't for me to go look at the idols in culture, come back and do a podcast about how culture stinks, right? The, the point is for me to be able to speak into those places that are causing harm and destruction and death in people's lives and offer life and grace and truth. So do the, do the idols of our culture bother me? Do I hurt like Jesus in the book of Matthew, where it says that he had compassion on the crowds because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Do I love people in that way? Uh, and then lastly, I wrote down, am I willing to talk to people? Uh, not just yell at them, uh, but care about them, dialogue with them, spend time with them. Because talking to people a lot of times can be hard. It can be painful. Uh, you can be rejected. 
Uh, and again, we're not doing it in, a, in an offensive way. Uh, sometimes, you know, just having a conversation with people, they can perceive it as offensive, but we're not doing we're not doing it to be offensive. And we certainly need to be graceful about how we talk to people. But am I willing to to engage with people? Because if we see something something causing pain in someone's life, if we see something causing destruction in someone's life, it's not very loving of, of us to leave it there. Um, and we need to be appropriate with how we talk about it with them. We need to be caring with how we talk about it with them. But we just can't leave it there. At least that's my observation and my application. Am I willing to talk to people? So I can take any of those and make a commitment from them. So that's a application. Uh, and I think we can talk more about application in another podcast uh, about how we can make really solid applications, but that might be for a future episode. So we've done scripture, observation, application. Now we're on P. Uh, this is prayer. Uh, after we've done those three, we, we write out a prayer talking to God about what we've learned and, and how to how we plan to respond. So this is a, just a conversation between you and him. Again, there's no right and wrong way to do this. The Bible provides some guidelines about how to pray, but there's a lot of freedom within those guidelines. Uh, there's there's numerous ways that you could pray, so the prayer is going to change each day. You could pray that your heart would be good soil, so that it will take root and produce fruit. Like We don't want to be the soil that the seed of God's word uh, lands and then is taken away. So we're, we're praying for our heart. God, would you help me to have a heart that wants to be transformed? Uh, maybe our prayer is an act of worship for what we learned about him. If we're studying uh, his attributes, we just simply praise God for who he is. Uh, one day, I was impressed as I was reading through the scriptures, how much the scriptures talked about thankfulness. And I realized that I can oftentimes ask God for a lot of things, but realize that I don't oftentimes thank him for those things. So I just wrote out thanks to God. And it's amazing how many things I have to be thankful for that I often take for granted. Um, if the Holy Spirit points out shortcomings in your life, you can spend time confessing those to him. Uh, you can ask God for help fulfilling your commitment. I know a lot of my soaps, when I write out my prayer, it's a lot of help me, teach me, mold me, shape me. That's kind of where my heart tends to go because I realize how inadequate my own strength and my own desires can be sometimes. I need God's help, absolutely. Um, if, if your application was to share with someone, uh, you could ask for the right words. God, would you help me? talk to this person? Uh, God, would you give me the right heart as I talk to this person that I would not talk out of out of pride, that I would not talk out of uh, out of a position of I know better, but that I would talk to them out of out of a position of love and share with them how, how you've worked in, in my own life and share with them about how you love them and about share about them about how you you have a, a better life desired for them. You know, we, we're, we're asking God, God, would you give us our heart for people? God, would you give me the right words? So just be vulnerable for him, before him. Write out what you're feeling. Write out what you're learning. And, and most importantly, just remember that he wants to have these conversations with you. <laughs> so it's good to talk to him. He, he cares about you. Uh, it's not just learning like you've learned math and then you can spit out the answers for a test. This is a relationship that you're growing in and he's transforming and molding you as you learn and digest his word. So my prayer as I was studying this Acts 17 passage was simply this. I said... Father, you care about the world. It's not about just me being a better person. You, you want to redeem people and families and cultures. So God, I ask that you teach me to grieve over what you would grieve over. Help me to see how you see. Give me your heart for people. Teach me not to respond in despair or discouragement when I see idols and struggles, but to find ways to engage and share with those in my community. Thank you, Father. I love you. So that was my prayer. Um, your prayer, again, is going to be different than mine, uh, but the encouragement is to engage with him. 
It's not just static learning. Uh, it's, it's, it's a relationship. So that's SOAP, and now we're on the last S, sharing. And this is a hard one for people. This is a hard one, I think, for me, because I'm not naturally inclined to do this. I'm a learner in the sense that I like to learn a lot of things and, and digest a lot of information. But then when it comes to, to actually sharing it, I have a hard time doing it. Doing this podcast is difficult for me because I'm, I'm very self-conscious about the way I sound, about the way I say things, um, and it's just not natural. Uh, but we, we're called to ask God, who, who do you want us to share this with? Because we have what, what God's word is doing is it's showing us the light of Christ. And when we have a light, we don't just keep it to ourselves. We shine it so that other people may see. Um, so whatever you learned or were convicted by or encouraged by, who can you share it with? That's, that's how we close our time with God in this, in this Bible study method. Now, this could be a part of your prayer. God, who needs to hear this? That could be a, a question that we ask. So it could be someone new, someone that you could teach soaps to. Uh, it could be someone that was maybe brought to mind as you're, as you're reading a particular scripture. Uh, let's say that you were reading a scripture that was encouraging someone going through a hard time, and you know someone that's going through a difficult time, you could go and share it with them. But it, it could also be someone that you're doing this with. Uh, I would encourage you to get, get someone that you think would be interested in this and do soaps with them, and it can be an accountability. You're more likely to keep going when you're doing it with a partner. You have that accountability. You have that encouragement. I, I do this. My, our men's group from my church, we read chapters of the scripture each week, about, uh, about seven chapters each week. We go through, and we do soaps, and we send them out via email. We go through times where we send out a lot. We go through times where we don't send out as many, but it's good accountability. My wife has also done with this with my teenage son, uh, where they do soaps together. They share them. It's a great way to engage your kids in scripture. So that soaps, uh, I find it a very approachable place to start, but it can also grow with you as you mature in your faith. The, these five little sections, they may seem supremely simple, and they are, but they can really go places as you put the time, attention, and effort into studying God's word. Uh, I've personally seen new believers use this, and they found it encouraging. They've shared it with other people, and I've seen much more seasoned Christians enjoy this as well. So just because it's simple, uh, don't discredit it. Again, it's, it's one tool for us to use, and it's a very helpful one, in my opinion. So that's it for today. Thank you for listening. I would encourage you, give soaps a try. Maybe take that 30-day challenge. See how God uses it to change your life. If you have any questions about this method, or if you used it and loved it and have some feedback, I'd love to hear that. Shoot me an email at podcastvia at gmail.com. That's podcastvia at gmail.com. If you enjoy this episode and think others could benefit from learning and practicing soaps, please share it with someone. This is about the kingdom. I want to help people grow in their relationship with God. Uh, remember, our goal is to grow together, so we, we don't want to keep these things to ourselves. Really appreciate you all. Love you all. Praying for you all, and I'll see you next time.